Broadcasting live. It's America's longest-running talk show on computers. It's Computer America, bringing you the biggest names in technology with guest interviews, new products, and your emails. Listen live at ComputerAmerica.com on any device around the world. Email the show at live at ComputerAmerica.com or find us on social media. Be sure to check out our website for contests, giveaways, show notes, live video stream, podcasts, and more. You're listening to Computer America. Hello and welcome into the Computer America Show. We are the nation's longest running, nationally syndicated radio talk show on computers and technology. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Ben Crossman, and I hope all of you are having a great day because... Yeah, and this is a uh, this is one of those shows where, when we don't do them, because you know, we have a lot of uh, you know kind of regulars here on the program where we talk about gaming or consumer electronics or graphics, and you know I I, I believe deep in your hearts that you love them as much as you would anyone else, but when we don't do our Linux segment or we delay it for any reason, you guys get angry, you get rabid, and so we have to sue the savage beast that is you. And we have one of our regulars here, which is Marcel Gagné with our Cooking with Linux segment. So that is, you know, and this segment is dedicated to all you Linux fans or all of you Linux curious. And, uh, you know, hey, we have a lot of great topics today. So before we get started, a couple of things, including ComputerAmerica.com. That's where you'll find everything from, oh, I don't know, today's show notes, which will include a link to our guest website, as well as any articles, videos, and uh, social media that we may mention here on the program. So there's that. There's also going to be, uh, let's see, the contest brought to you by Logitech, uh, giving that away on social media, and the video feed, which is brought to you by OWC. So all of that and more at Computer America. Check that out. We have a couple of reviews in the can. We just reviewed a drone. I know we have one for like a canless air system, you know, so I'm sure all of you bought those dusters for like 10 bucks for like three of them. Uh, this is one unit that replaces like, I think, 10,000 of those. So pretty cool. Uh, looking forward to it. So uh, that and more at Computer America. But why don't we go ahead and just get started? So as I said, Cooking with Linux, Marcel Gagné, and uh, yeah, this is going to be everything about Linux. So let's just say hi, Marcel. How you doing? Welcome onto the program. Hi, and I have to apologize. It's my fault. I went away on holidays, and um, and I went on holidays. I actually had holidays, uh, but I went away on holidays, and uh, and of course we do this like every third Thursday, and. I know this shouldn't be confusing, but there's something about trying to figure out which. Thursday of the month is the third Thursday, especially since sometimes it looks like it's only like two weeks in, you know, when the month starts early on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I know I'm making excuses here, darn. Dang it, but. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to blame you for going on vacation. It's perfectly okay, and just don't do it again. You say that but, now. You say that now. Right. But uh, but in the meantime, why don't we go ahead and just get started. Uh, give us a bit of your background and, you know, tell us tell us all about, uh, tell us about you. Who Who, who is the Marcel? Oh, who who the heck am I? Oh, I'm 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 um I'm a Linux. Uh, well, I mean, I've been doing I've been doing Linux stuff for a long, long time now. Um, I started out uh, actually. I was working for a computer company at the time. Is really how it all started out. And uh, they introduced me to uh, something called Unix back then. And then uh, a few years later, I discovered something called Linux. And this was just in 1992. Given that Linux first made its appearance back in 1991. I was sort of what you might call a really early adopter. And um, I just got hooked on the whole idea of of a completely open source operating system and uh, something that was insanely powerful that you could do, uh, you know, things other than running DOS batch files, because we're talking like the days of DOS batch files here. And um, I, I, I was hooked. I was hooked. And by 1994, I was running Linux as my desktop operating system. Uh, when most people didn't actually even have a desktop computer yet, I was <laughs> I was already running Linux as a desktop operating system, and um, and you know the love affair has been going on uh, since then. I still love Linux. I still love working with it. I still love playing with it. Uh, I do uh, obviously besides you know doing the show with Computer America. I do uh, I do YouTube videos on this. I've written oh God hundreds and hundreds of articles over the years and uh, i've written six books on linux and open source so that's me 
other than that, I'm just your basic Linux science and technology geek uh, who's uh, seriously opinionated. Um, you know, maybe one or two things. <laughs> yeah, no, which we have found out. But uh, later on in the program, as I understand it, we're also going to talk about your first podcast, or your, at least your first podcast interview. Uh, not just uh, you talking into the abyss, but um, you know, you talking with a uh, you know with uh, an actual well, guest. So. Uh, I just want to. I just want to point out that you know you and I have both been threatening this for a long time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it's it's. Uh, but but hey, it's a big first step, and I'm looking first forward step. to talking about all this with you today. So uh, and by so, the way, shall, 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 shall we start with the wine? Uh, actually, I'm going to start with the show notes. So, uh, you know, the the show notes in general, they're a really important part for every show, but Marcel really does, goes out of his way to make really great show notes for today, which include, you know, pretty much uh, a syllabus for today's show. So if anything here interests you, including the wine of the day, which we'll do in just a second, uh, it's going to be right there in the show notes. So, but uh, yeah, Marcel, go ahead. Why don't we start with uh, the wine of the day and uh, what do you have? Let, let's let's start with the wine of the day. Actually, I, I did I mention that I was away on holidays? <laughs> you did. Okay. Well, last week, actually, I spent two weeks of last month. I was away during the uh, time when we should have been doing the uh, Computer America show, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know, and I apologize. It's my fault. I may here here. I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a, despite being an atheist, I'll, I'll be a good ex-Catholic and go mea culpa, mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> my fault it's my fault anyway so while i was away while i was away i was at this resort in the muskokas which is kind of like uh it's it's one of the cottage country areas uh in ontario and it's beautiful areas like uh they've got a place uh, called Thirty Thousand islands up there which is like they're all it's dotted with all these little lakes and little islands everywhere it's absolutely gorgeous anyway so i was at this resort and like within walking distance of the resort there was an lcbo which is important i just want to say that you know lcbo is the liquor store <laughs> <laughs> the liquor control board of ontario and um i walked in there and i said make a suggestion because it's a smaller store so they don't have the selection that i'm used to and of course every store you know while they have some of the same brands there are some things that uh that uh, you know you don't find everywhere so it's a smaller store so i said make a, a suggestion and she suggested this one Okay, now now the people uh, the people who uh, are going to look at the video are going to see the label, which is really really cool. It's kind of an Adam and Eve theme yeah. on the label, and it's called Inception. And this is a South African wine, uh, Cape Heritage, and Inception is, in a word, fantastic. It's a blend of three different wines. It's a Shiraz, it's a uh, Petit Verdot, if I remember correctly, and a um, uh, Moudrière, I think, is the third one. And um, it, it's a blend. It's what you'd call an off dry because <clears throat> it's not seriously dry. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge fan of dry wines, but this one is more of a uh, of an off dry. And man, is it good! I mean, this is like now one of my favorite wines. <laughs> and and I had never heard of it, so I I, I thank this I thank this lovely this lovely uh, person who works at the LCBO. She was, you know, she was like right on top in terms of making a suggestion. And it's just really good. It's multi layered. It's uh, like deep deep cherry blueberry like every dark berry you can think of sort of makes its appearance got a little bit of chocolatey uh chocolatiness to it uh, it would probably go awesome with chocolate and um i highly recommend it inception south african wine um and, and i guess that's one of the things that sort of amazes me because uh, I'm, I'm usually pretty so-so on south african wines um but this one is like you know top notch so highly recommend it that's the wine that's the wine for today and that's what i'm drinking today uh, yeah, cheers. And I guess as uh, as someone who's really not into wine, I never really consider South Africa to be, you know, on the wine scene. But uh, oh, they they most definitely are. It's a question of whether it's it's not a question of whether they're on the wine scene so much as uh, as whether it's um it's it's your thing. I mean, right. uh, people people do appreciate wines from different regions, and um, and you know, not everything. Not every wine region is fantastic. I mean, like France and Italy obviously are, you know, very well-known wine regions, as is Australia these days. Uh, but that doesn't mean that every wine from that region is fantastic. So, you know, you still have to pick and choose no matter what. You you say Australia, and that's the one I go to where I think, you know, they have a lot of sour wine, and it's just not my cup of wine. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, again, again, you gotta you gotta pick and choose your stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and and by the way, I mean, if you want, you know, I'll I'll just throw one out there for the people in the U.S. Okay, because I don't mm -hmm. know, 
I don't know how easy this one is going to be to find, but I found another one, which is actually a California wine called Red Velvet Cupcake, which is almost, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> who doesn't like Red Velvet Cupcakes? Come on. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely in the same ballpark in terms of being kind of awesome. And I had that one while I was on holidays as well. Although I wasn't going to make it my wine of the day, but right. if you're an American, you know, and, and you're in, you know, whatever the equivalent of your liquor store down there is, uh, and, and they don't have inception, then, uh, look for red velvet cupcake. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, very, very cool wine. And again, I, I really do like the artwork. They, uh, you know, have really, really cool stuff. So that, yeah, it's lovely. It's really, really lovely because, you know, what's, uh, you know, what would the Garden of Eden, how good would the Garden of Eden be if it didn't have decent wine? Absolutely. So, and for <laughs> Ben's drink of the day, um, yeah. Monster Zero Calorie Zero Ultra with no with no nutritional value whatsoever, yet still a lot of liquid. So I don't know what's going on, but. Yeah, uh, are you are you even old enough to drink yet? I mean. Ouch. Ouch. That's. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's, I'm sorry. That's one of those things that my that my parents still promise me. It's like Ben, you're getting carded when you're 27. Um, when you're 35, <laughs> you're going to be thanking your lucky stars that you have that baby face. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not helping me out now. You know, it's it's it is what uh, it is. But you know, for, for the record, there's a uh, you know, and and I, I realize we always digress on this show, <laughs> so I apologize. But I I have a friend of mine who has like who's as old as I am. He's actually only a year younger than me. And, um, and like the man still has a baby face. He's like, some people just never seem to outgrow this baby face. It's just bizarre, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? no, it, it happens. But, um, yeah. but, but yeah, so we do digress because we're not talking about my, my, my rosy cheeks. We are talking about, um, you know, news, uh, news rumors, conspiracy theories, uh, some of the, and of course you have some of these up here that you mentioned are not Linux oriented, but, um, yeah, I, I actually, I don't see any here. Uh, did you pick any or? Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one. The okay. Debian project that actually, this goes into my Linux distribution uh, focus. Okay. Uh, the, the Debian distribution, which is Debian.org is, um, and, uh, you know, I went. And I, I'm. I was going in and and checking out my links on this, but uh, sure. we'll, we'll talk about the sure. distribution focus a little bit later there. But um, the um, Debian, which is kind of the distribution on which, uh, well, it's not kind of. It is the distribution on which um, uh, Ubuntu is based, and of mm -hmm. course, Ubuntu is probably the best known Linux distribution out there. Uh, like, you know, next to Red Hat. I mean, if you're talking about something for the desktop, Red Hat is what people think of in terms of what's in the um, in the server room. OK, so, I mean, if you go to a big company and what they have in the back room where they run their where they run their um, their email systems, where they run their database, all that sort of stuff, like an Oracle database, if they're running an Oracle database, odds are they're running it on a Red Hat Linux system. I mean, they're they're kind of the big corporate uh, operating system. And on the desktop, although a lot of people like Linux Mint, Mint is really hot. Mint is also based on the Debian operating system, by the way. Ubuntu is is kind of the poster child of desktop Linux these days. And, um, and it is turning 10 years old, or it has turned 10 years old. So there you go. Um, um, so sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry. What am I saying? Not 10, 25 years old. Debian has turned 25. I'm not sure where I just got 10 from. <laughs> has, has turned 25 years old. Okay. Never mind. Brain, brain fart for a second there. So, uh, no, no problem. But, uh, I was about to say 10 years. That's, you know, that's pretty new, but, um, 25. No, 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 25. Yeah. Five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. 25 years old. It has turned 25 years old. It's been around for a heck of a long time. And um, and it's uh, it's worth mentioning because, uh, like I said, one of the distributions I wanted to talk about um, is uh, is is based on that as well. But one of the things that's interesting about Debian is Debian has is also one of the ones that is very popular in the server room, although it's not quite as corporate-ish, if you'll if you'll pardon the expression. Um, Red Hat has really gone after the corporate market, has really gone after um the uh, the support for instance so uh large companies will pay red hat and that's why red hat makes a lot of money by the way 
uh, they'll go to companies and uh, they provide not only the operating system, but they also provide, uh, you know, 24-7 support and uh, installation support, uh, training, like everything that you'd expect from a big computer organization um, is provided by Red Hat. And, and they're kind of the darling of the uh, of the corporate world. Debian is also used by servers, but you'll find that it tends to be people who run their own uh, departments. So like, you know, your 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 regular run-of-the-mill, if you'll pardon the expression, systems administrator will run Debian. And what Debian has going for it, like Red Hat, is a, um, what, how can I put this, a, uh, a reputation for stability, mm. okay? There's no, there's no fancy stuff. It's not going to be the latest and greatest. It's not, it's not going to ride the bleeding edge. They're going to be concentrating on not only stability of the operating system, but security as well. So that's a really big deal with, uh, with the Debian project. And, uh, and like I said, the Debian project, not only, you know, having turned 25 and, and you got to remember, this is like only a couple of years after Linux uh, first came out because Linux came out like the first Linux or the first email by Torvalds was August 25th, 1991. Okay. So that's what 20, 27 years. We're going to be talking 27 years and Debian shows up a couple of years later and is still one of the most popular, popular Linux distributions to date. So, so that's, that's kind of a big deal. And, um, and it's, uh, it's definitely worth checking out if you are more, uh, I'm going to step over. My, <laughs> I'm stepping <laughs> on my distribution focus here, but it's worth checking out for people who um, are really believe in the open source aspect of the philosophy. It's not quite as it's not quite as maniacal about the one that I want that I'm going to talk about later, but um, but it's it's very true to the open source philosophy. In other words, like you know, concentrating on on um on open source drivers as opposed to binary drivers which you know which you can download and install for particular systems um so so the philosophy is a little bit more pure and uh, the name of course comes from the uh the original creator and uh, his uh, then girlfriend at the time deb and ian that's where debian comes from so oh. there you go a little back a little bit of background sort of history right so and and uh so 25 anyone can get it uh, I, I guess Debian.org. Yeah, Debian.org yeah. is a website for it. I'll make sure that it actually shows up in the show notes because I was foolish enough not to uh, not to install it there. But um, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, Debian.org. So so one thing that uh, you know a lot of software runs into is, and I guess operating systems as well. Twenty five years after the fact, does it still have a place? Or you oh, know, God, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. No, 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 um, no, absolutely. I mean, um, the, the, the official, by the way, the official 25 years is today. <laughs> you know, just, just, just to make that clear, like it's today. So, so like it's, it's, a, this is the birthday today. Um, 16th of August. It is the 16th of August, right? Yes, it is, sir. Yeah. Okay. There it is. So it is actually today. Today is actually the birth, the, the birthday of Debian. Um, so, so that is actually when it started, but, uh, no, it definitely still has a place. I mean, it is, it is hugely popular. It is well supported. Um, it has a huge following, uh, like I said, it has a huge following in the, in the, uh, in the workplace, in the back room, so to speak. And a lot of people that aren't a hundred percent happy with, uh, with, you know, some of the, um, if you'll pardon the expression, the, the, the corporate tie-ins that Ubuntu has, as, as popular as Ubuntu is as a Linux distribution, if you're not happy with that corporate tie-in, and I apologize because there's actually, I thought I took the phone out of this room, so I apologize for that because it's written. Anyway, um, the it will stop in a second. No problem. Don't worry I apologize. This is this is those, this is one of those things that you worry about all the time when you do these things. Oh God, I hope a phone doesn't ring somewhere in the background. But uh, anyway, anyway yeah, no uh, problem. So so it doesn't have that corporate tie-in. It is very much a community distribution and very much supported by the community. So yeah, it's still a big deal. Debian is is. Debian is a big deal, and the branches, uh, the the branches of the repositories on which Debian is built, is still to this day used for all these other distributions like um, like Ubuntu and like Linux Mint and so forth. So no, ma makes perfect sense, and that is one thing that you know I've really noticed about uh, Linux, and that's going to become very apparent later on in the show notes is that uh, you know the idea of open you know of open software means that. Uh, 
hey, there's going to be a lot of forks, a lot of branches, and a lot of uh, a lot of different kinds of communities that are going to put their own flavor to it. So, okay, and and I'll and I'll throw another thing out there too. Remember what I said about the the, the more geeky, uh, you know, the, the less corporate but, but more geeky side of it, right? Okay. The, this it it almost it, I, I'm almost I'm almost fighting my own argument here because one of the biggest users <laughs> of Debian is actually Google. Um, they, they they have their own they have their own spin so to speak their own uh, distribution which is actually based on on Debian. So it's it's not it's not pure Debian uh, as in right. as in they modify it for Google. But but there you go. It's actually based on that as well. So so yeah, it's very important. It is hugely important. Right. And, you know, Google only runs the entire world. So uh, it shows you the power of, you know, of, of the entire distribution. Exactly. Hail, hail Google. And it's uh, so <laughs> don't, do that. don't do that. Cut ha- that out. Hail as in H-A-I-L as in the definition, <laughs> not any other spelling of that word. But um, yeah. So, uh, OK, so Debian, very cool. Uh, we were showing the no, Sarah, you you know you think they put up like a little cupcake or something up on their homepage? They don't have anything. It's sad, but okay. Well, it's it's like I said, they're they're very they're very <laughs> quiet, right? You know, they 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 they, they don't. They, there's not a lot of you know heavy duty marketing behind it. There never has been. Um, it, it's it is very much community driven, and um, and you know, and I and I think for some people in the open source community i think that that is part of the attraction is that it is just this quiet um project that goes on and on after all these years and uh isn't driven you know by advertising by uh you know trying to get more of them out the door that sort of thing i i think that that's you know i i'm i think that's part of it i think that's part of what makes it a big deal to this day that and of course like i said it's it's focus on stability and security yeah i see that the only thing they have is uh you know at the very bottom are security updates over the past couple of days so no very uh very cool it's a very boring website go ahead say it (laughs) i wish they put some clip art in but they're uh hey you know what but they fill that space and that is perfectly okay so there's that one and uh yeah cheers 25 uh 25 years to another 25 happy birthday debian happy Happy, birthday debian happy birthday debian so all right so there's that one and i'll go ahead and let you kind of take it from here do you want to go into the topics do you have other news yeah yeah actually actually i i want to talk i want to talk about programming languages but we were gonna but i i wanted to just you know uh point out something interesting which is um I've I've been doing uh, I did a number of articles on uh, on Linux gaming for uh, Linux Journal. It's going to be showing up in their next issue that that shows up. So um, yes, I, I've been pulled out of retirement to to write um, <laughs> you know, to write articles every once in a while. I've given in. I've given in after all this time. Anyway, uh, but I did a couple of articles which are on Linux Linux gaming, and um, the reason I kind of mentioned that is I, I've been sort of obsessed with the idea of where we can take games. Even in the Linux world, as you know, there's Steam. You know, there are a lot of games that are on Steam that are supported on Steam. And I've been sort of fascinated with the idea of uh, of doing some some VR type games. And again, I run on a Linux desktop, so I'm not going to go and get things that are Windows based. I'm going to get things that are specifically Linux based. But while I wait for, you know, for my Steam VR headset, um, I actually picked up an Oculus Go. And I realize this isn't specifically a Linux topic other than the fact that Oculus runs on Android. I mean, it's an Android device, right? Right. It's a standalone. And I, I don't know what you, I don't know if you know anything about it or are you familiar with it? The Oculus uh, Go? The Oculus Go. I'm, Oculus Rift heard plenty about that. The Oculus Go, I think it's, you know, kind of a spinoff. Like Samsung has their own, uh, you know, kind of same kind of deal, but uses Samsung phones. But mm-hmm. the Oculus Go, it, like that's just kind of like the holder and then you slip a phone. No. No, 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 no. no. Oh, then yeah. I guess I don't know much about it. Talk about Gear VR here. Yeah, uh, I Gear VR. No, I guess I really don't know that much about it. It, it just doesn't get that much attention, I guess. Okay, you know? I, I, should have, I should have brought it with me so that I, I had it to show you. Well, but, I can um, Google it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 fascinated by the idea of where we can take things like augmented reality and virtual reality when it comes to to uh, you know to our operating systems, and I. 
I do like the fact that there's a lot of development happening on open source type platforms, whether it's Android and uh, or whether it's Steam on Linux. And um, and to that end, I actually picked up an Oculus Go because it was the first one that is a completely I, I know there's one now from Lenovo as well, but it was the first completely standalone headset. In other words, it doesn't actually require cables running to your computer like it would if I was running Steam games on here. And, um, you and know, a I lot, can... a lot of animal lovers who listen to the show are very offended right now because you're, you're talking about cutting tails and you have to love that VR tail that you get that hooks you up to your computer. But, uh, all right. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to, you don't have to love cables, dude. It's the age of, it's the age of wireless. Anyway. So, so yeah, so I picked up an Oculus Go and, um, and one of the things I'm interested in doing, and, I, and I'll just throw this out here because I, I want to give myself. I, I want to force myself to try to do this by next show. Okay. So this is kind of me, me seeding the future here. Okay. I have heard, I have heard tales of people using interesting external programs to actually use steam games inside an Oculus go headset. Mm. Okay. And even if that means that I have to root, you know, or, or, or hack my Oculus Go headset to, to try this out, I'm going to try to actually run some Linux Steam games uh, in my, you know, in my 3D VR Oculus Go headsets for the next show. So this is, this is kind of a project for me. But I was just curious, you know, b- before I jumped into to the next thing, if uh, you had actually looked into this at all. Uh, I, you know, uh, VR comes up once in a while. Um, uh, the Oculus Go, because it's a standalone unit and it, it's more of a more of a monitor strapped to your face than, you know, again, something that you buy a two thousand dollar computer for and run these things in uh super mm-hmm. super high quality i mean it's uh again it doesn't get as much limelight but uh, we're looking we, we at should, it we on the video do, portion we should do a show on it we should do a show on it because it's really cool vr is one of those things and we just talked to let's say we have guests that come on every once in a while they're like you know vr here's what we're doing in vr it's going to take everything by storm and then a year goes by and it's like uh, this year you know this year this is the year games, that's gonna come games it's 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 all about the environment it's all about you know i i know everybody's trying to come up with like a a fancy corporate use for it and i think that's going to come by the way especially with oh it's with already here. yeah yeah it, with, with sets like the go i think it's going to extend itself even more in fact we you know we should maybe we'll do a show in vr someday there you go no and uh Let's see. I think the last VR thing we did, we talked to a company called Lucid. They were on a year ago. They came on again. Uh, they made a camera that shoots 180 video. So not 360, 180, but it's still enough to create content for VR viewing. And so they were super excited about that. But it's it's like you said, you, know, you have to create the games and the content that people want. But as someone who's tried VR... Um, I think if more people just tried it, if they just strapped the thing to their face and they actually saw what it could do, it would be as entertaining as, let's say, a gaming console sitting there. It's it's It has a place. It's just there has to be more content for it and people have to get their hands on it. You, you, you kind of have to experience it unless you've actually um, – I've, I've actually shown the Go unit to a couple of people who um, – and, and and by the way, we'll get back into Linux. I know after the break here, we'll get back into Linux, specifically programming, baby, programming. Mm-hmm. But um, but um, I have shown it to people where they put on the set and they have no idea what to expect. Like they actually have no concept of what is coming. And once they put it on, it blows their freaking minds. And um, even if it's just something like you show them Google Earth is Street View. You know, mm-hmm. where you go down, you, you have them pick an address or you have them randomly drop some location in the world. And then you're suddenly turning around and going, oh, my God, I am there. I am on that spot. And uh, that in itself is mind blowing. Never mind. all the, I mean, there are cool games. There are some like fantastic things. Um, you know, not all of them is not all of them are great. I mean, there's some real crap. I'll be perfectly honest. First attempts that people to say, oh, here it's 3D. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not very exciting. Um, but uh, but the the concept of being able to visit another part of the world and be there and then just turn around and look at it and you're standing in the middle of this place and you can walk down the street, you know, um, of a part of the world you would never have gone to. Uh, 
In fact, uh, if you've done, you know, if Street View now even has underwater content where divers have done 360. They, yeah, they did content on the Great Barrier Reef where you can yes. see it in all of its glory. It's uh, in, yeah. and, and by the way, the music is playing in the background, but I will just say VR, before we uh, get off of it, it has a lot of potential as a tourist, touristy kind of thing, sightseeing, as well as an education kind of thing, and a lot more. But at any rate, everyone, we'll be right back. More Computer America, more Cooking with Linux, Marcel Gagné. Everyone, stay tuned. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-4461. 800-215-4461. 800 That's 800-215-4461. And welcome back to the Computer America Show. Short break there. Don't worry about it. But uh, everyone, welcome back into the program where we are talking with the one, the only, Marcel Gagné, with, uh, you know, our all Linux, our all Linux cooking with Linux. And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm trying to find the button. There we go. All right. So, uh, by the way, the mute button. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible button. Hey, look what you found. You must have been running. So very cool. So everyone out there watching the video portion, by the way, uh, Marcel Gagné is currently sporting his Oculus Go. And uh, yeah, as usual, VR looks better to the beholder than it does to the beholden. So yeah, and... Uh, right. <laughs> I... Right, no, it, it's, uh, you know, for anyone who, who's not seen a VR headset, it's one of those things that uh, straps to your face. But, um, you know, from what I hear, if, you know, if you're wearing it for, for a little while, it can get kind of heavy, but uh, comfortable, pretty comfortable otherwise. But, uh, but, but I will say that, you know, you're, you're talking about the first interview that we'll do in VR. Uh, I'm looking into it. I mean, I'm currently working on my studio and, uh, you know, we're doing some renovations to it. Got to get some flooring in and things like that. But, um, yeah, like when it's all said and done, I plan instead of getting, you know, like a web, like a traditional webcam, I want to get a 360 camera, which work pretty well for VR. So, you know, it, it's not even like, you know, there's going to be stuff happening over there or there shouldn't be. But if people want to, you know, open that you know open the video it would be like a youtube video open the video in 360 then they could look around you know the office and in, in the studio and you know kind of see what i got going on either you know stuff to review or things like that but uh it's coming content like that is coming i just need to make it happen I, i'm working on like right now i have uh dirty dishes on the other side of the room so i can't show that but when it's all said and done i'm gonna have uh other things to look at but uh either way so that's in the future uh by the way uh speaking of the future and the past if you missed any part of today's program feel free to check out the podcast version of the show which is today's show in its entirety rebroadcast in you know wherever podcasts are heard so soundcloud spreaker iHeartRadio. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, what have you. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, so let's go ahead and continue on past VR and talk about programming languages because I'll be honest, this is kind of where like my computer expertise, like this, this is one of those things that like I started with, with C++. I started uh, way back in like seventh yeah, and uh, let's see, way back in like seventh grade, I learned Chipmunk Basic. 
um, I learned uh, a little bit of 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 of, H, of HTML just to you know do some website stuff. Like it, I have I have dabblings in, in in a lot, but I have mastery in none. So let's talk about programming languages. I should be a lot of help today. For it, um, hello world. As opposed to just you know typing PHP space you know whatever it's called, um, hello world.cob or CBL or whatever extension you like space you know and and uh, and of course the output name of the program that you want, and then you can run the final executable at that point. So it's not it's it's wordy as <laughs> it's wordy as all get out. Um, it seems like a heck of a lot of world, a heck of a lot of world, a heck of a lot of work to do something really simple, but but it's. You know, it's a possibility. And believe it or not, I mean, as old and ancient as this sounds, I think you could do worse than to, you know, maybe learn a little COBOL if you actually want to do some contract programming work. No, it, it, and that definitely makes sense. And, like, I'm, I'm reading this, and, again, I have, uh, like, I, I, I have hello world knowledge of a couple of different languages. This one is a bit more complicated than the others but at the same time it's still pretty easy to understand which is one of the reasons i really Please. like technology because when i was looking into what field i kind of wanted to get into uh you know like you look into medicine and it's like the roots of medicine go all the way back to like ancient greek you know like ancient greece and you have to learn like latin and you have to go two thousand years back technology though you know it, it was only developed in like the past 20 30 40 years so it's not that hard to kind of put two and two together and you know figure out where their heads were when they were designing the language so COBOL pretty good I mean uh it's not you know and like you said it's not uh it's not Python I mean Python is well regarded as one that uh they could compile like anything with Python like you can be really sloppy with you can, you can all, I mean, also Python is you can just run Python code. You don't have to actually compile it. It's right. it's not like C or C plus plus where you have to compile it. I mean, it's it's actually an interpreted language. Interpreted means that you've got um, you know uh, source code that you can just run. It's visible. You can just run it. Whereas with like your COBOL program or your C plus plus program, you actually have to compile it, and then you and then you you run the binary is you know as we call it. So right, it's a different so, philosophy. Yeah, different philosophy, but uh, but but yeah, like I said, um, you you mentioned that you don't know if uh, how long they're going to keep this for, and I think much like in the United States with the uh, yeah exactly with the aging infrastructure, um, as long as it works, there's a very low priority to update it for no reason. So, man, and and, and I've heard stories of like companies that will contract people who have retired but they're the only ones who know how to work not only their language but their system in particular that they'll contract them out out of retirement for like two hundred thousand dollars you know for like a, a job and it's like man i bet they would love someone who is just entering the workforce that could you know, uh, maintain this for 20 years, you know, and I, and I bet you the guy retiring would love a night of sleep because they're tired of getting the calls too. Honestly, honestly, I know it, it sounds insane, but like I was primary support for several years on the COBOL compiler. And when we were having this discussion over probably a little bit too much wine, but <laughs> <laughs> when we were having this discussion, I'm sitting there going, you know, I could probably, I could probably you know, get back into, into COBOL pretty quickly. I mean, I was really good at it at one point. I thought, I thought, wow. <laughs> hey, as long as you can make those connections, I, I have no doubt that uh, that's where a lot of money is at, but anywho, uh, COBOL, you have that there and uh, very, very cool. So why don't we go ahead, you know, because we're, wow. Yeah, we're yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know we, 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 we digress so much. Let's talk about backups just very quickly because, because, uh, the, the distribution focus, interestingly enough, I actually have a link to a video that covers both my distributions and I talk about lucky backup in it. So let's, let's talk about backups just for fun. So, so let me just ask you a question. All right. You're going to be honest with me. All right. Sure. Do you back up, do you back up your system regularly? I do, but I don't. But, but but I don't do it well. I back it up to like a different hard drive on the same computer. So oh, oh. so it's not so it's not great, but it's something. 
No offsite backup? No. No, 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 no cloud, no offsite. I, I should, but I don't. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of all in on the whole cloud thing. Not, not, uh, not to the absence of everything else. I mean, I do have actual local backup as well. Right. In the network, in a network drive. And, um, and in fact, I back up my PC to my local network drive. I don't back up my PC to another drive on my PC. Uh, I use the network drive for right. that. And, and, um, I, that, and, I, and, and, and even before we get started, I will say that as, you know, as the months go by, I will say it's getting a little less paramount in my mind as time goes by because so much of what I do is done in the cloud. Like either I'm doing it, I like at this point, I would say Google is my backup. I, I do everything in like some kind of Chrome, Google kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't really keep a lot of important documents on my computer. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm kind of amazed at how many documents that I actually edit in Google Docs or in Google Drive or something like that. So, yeah, Google is kind of like my backup. So two things here. A, Google, you can never go out of business. And B, <laughs> God, I hope they're not evil. Right. <laughs> yes, I know. I say that all the time. God, I hope Google isn't evil, but I really uh, hope they're not uh, evil. And, because- and, you know, let us digress for even like a couple or like a minute or two. I mean, you were talking about free and open source, blah, blah, blah. That's, uh, you know, that's something that we talk about here on the show quite often. Google, uh, you know, revealed that they were working on a search engine specifically for chi- you know China because uh, Google's not really allowed in China because of their, uh, I don't want to say human rights violations, but their human rights violations. Oh, uh, go ahead, say yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I, you know, uh, Google's whole do no evil that I think they dropped to do the right thing. Um, I feel like Google didn't get enough backlash for them, you know, making a censored version of their uh, of their platform for china and so that's just you know you say i hope google isn't evil i think google's showing some some leniency on what is uh you know what's good and what's yeah oh i'm 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 in agreement with you on this i i i was i i don't like that idea at all i don't like that following the corporate line uh allows you to and I know that companies do this all the time. Okay, this isn't a Google thing. I mean, companies do this all the time. It's like you, you sort of look the other way on certain things to, uh, like, uh, you know, when it comes to you know getting the contract somewhere. Like for instance, um, if you've been following the news, and by the way, this is this is not complete. We may have to we may have to revisit a couple of things because I want to digress a little bit further here and talk about um, wh- how 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 far we can push the open source philosophy in in um in the real world and uh since you since you opened this can of worm with google sure um let's let's just take this one step further right now canada is in a battle of words uh it's it's actually more of a battle of words with saudi arabia saudi arabia is pulling their people they they sent our our ambassador home they ordered their foreign students to come back to saudi arabia they canceled all new contracts with canada all sorts of things. And in my opinion, it's kind of like good riddance um, of all the places in the world that couldn't possibly have a worse human right record or human rights record that nonetheless, uh, countries like Canada and the United States are constantly kissing, you know, kissing up to uh, Saudi Arabia is like at the top of that list. I mean, like these it, it is long. It is way past time. And then. Uh, to call the spade on this one, and, and and then you know, in the same token, uh, you know, admittedly, I don't keep an eye on Canada because they are one of those countries that's like, eh, they're Canada. You know, what are they gonna do? And and then you know, they kind of flip around on Canada and they kind of call them out on it, and it's just like, well, you know, Canada is Saudi Arabia really calling out Canada on their human rights violations? But wow, we have totally strayed from Linux and that kind of thing. So let's talk about backups. Yeah, Why did no, you mention no, no, we backups? Haven't we haven't strayed 100%. Now, the reason that I mention that is one of the things that open source software can let us do and the open source philosophy applied to business in general can let us do is actually live outside of those constraints. If we could figure out a way, like if we could figure out a way to sort of walk away from the profit motive a little bit as as open source has allowed people to do for a long, long time now and develop technology and develop software without having to worry about whether or not you can pay the bills at the end of the month. I think the world could be a vastly better place. Give you an example. 
There's no reason whatsoever in today's world that we couldn't create a distributed federated system where basically, you know, people have systems in different cities. Having a central mega giant may be the way that we've always done things like a central mega Facebook or a central mega Google or a central mega, you know, power generation facility. But what would really make sense is if you generated power at clean locations in and around cities and in and around places without having to push it, you know, across hundreds and thousands of miles, uh, it would make a heck of a lot more sense if the Internet wasn't, you know, wasn't going through the backbones of several major corporate hubs, but could be generated and supported by, you know, by basically points of presence in, you know, in various neighborhoods and so forth by people opening it up. Like, there's no reason why we couldn't have a completely open Internet. There's no reason in today's world. I mean, we have the technology. We have the possibilities. Every one of us has got a bloody supercomputer in our pockets. It should be possible to do something like that using federated DNS, using federated, uh, you know, social networks. Um, like for instance, there, there are alternatives to Twitter. Mastodon is actually an alternative to Twitter that allows you to connect to servers. Like even if you're not on the central Mastodon server, you can still communicate and chat with people on other Mastodon servers, you know, uh, which are federated around the world. You can do that with Friendica, which does the same thing that Facebook does without being tied to a central place. If we could somehow as a society have the appetite for for these open distributed systems without this ridiculous mentality of, you know, so who's going to win the social network war? Who's going to win the browser war? Who's going to win the OS war? Who's going to win the, you know, the cell phone war? This is ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous because it ties us to a central place and it makes it so that if the companies that we attach ourselves to, whether it's Facebook, hey, I use Facebook, I use Google and so forth, but when they do bad things, okay, or when they do things that are questionable, privacy concerns anybody, okay, we have no other place to go. We are stuck because we are in this mentality, this winner-take-all mentality. And what the open source world has and what the the open source philosophy the open source ideology however you want to look at it what it has going for it is that there is another way and there is another place and there are more people and there are more companies and you know what the technology is not central to google it's not central to facebook it's not central to any of these places we can all do this stuff okay yeah. and i i know i sound like a preacher at this point but damn it we're at a point well, in history yeah. where we should be able to do this. Well, and and you know, we have and unfortunately it's uh, it's been given a, a a scary name, a bad name, and admittedly there are, you know, bad parts of it, but when you talk about things like let's say the dark web, you know, the, the dark web isn't really about the dark. It's not really about, you know, back alleys or things like that. It's about people running websites off of their own computers that are not categorized by Google and people think Google is the internet. No, there's a lot of, you know, the internet that you can find that, you know, it's just people running, I don't know, their own, uh, you know, their own IP camera that they don't want connected to anyone else, or they're running uh, their own game server, like the, you know, and, and of course, so the dark web has a bad name to it, but uh, you're talking about decentralization, you're talking about like uh, the open yes. internet project, uh, there's, there's people making strides, but I'm sure you also read the news uh, just a couple of, uh, you know, just a little while ago. Apple became the first trillion dollar valued company. I know. It's, I know. It's, it shows that when you rope people in and you close them in and put up walls and doors, it's very lucrative. So, you know. It, it is. It is lucrative, but you know, I, I this is one of the reasons that you know I, I like to do this with you on a on a, on a monthly basis. Is I and this it's the reason that I do you know that I do my my YouTube show, my Cooking with Linux YouTube show. I want to keep trying to get the message out there that there is an alternative, there is another way. Despite, I mean, I I I admitted it. You know, I love Google. I use you know I use them extensively. I have an Android phone. But that doesn't mean that I think that it is the only way and the best way. And remember, Google is built on open source. Facebook is built on open source. The Internet is built on open source. Without, the op without open source and the open source philosophy and open development and open standards, none of these things would exist. 
you know, and can, we can do it better if only we as a society can separate ourselves from this, like I said, this winner take all mentality and uh, just, you know, start building a better open world, open government, open standards, open internet, open medicine, open hardware, open everything. It's it's very anti the system that got us here, but uh, I know where you're coming from. I know where uh, it 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 inevitably inevitably will lead to. And I will say, uh, Marcel, that uh, I'm going to ask you for something a little weird here. Would you mind if we go like an extra ten minutes? Uh, you know, just uh, for everyone oh. out there. Uh, and, and and I know we're uh, you know we're supposed to be ca- you know kind of uh, capping off here, but would you mind going for another ten minutes? Uh, just so I'm we can get some backups. Uh, perfect. So. Um, no, where do you where, where do you want to go on this extra ten minutes? Then? This Since, extra ten minutes, I, I actually hijacked the last ten minutes. No, 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 it's perfectly fine. And and uh, yeah, I I think that you know this is a point that comes up you know kind of uh, you know every now and again here on the show with us. But uh, I, I like having it. It's a good point. But also, I wanted to get back to uh, the backup and lucky backup and <laughs> what you kind of found found out there because, like you just said, I'm not too good here, and um, I think a lot of people are just like me. Like we we you know I, I even say on the show all the time, backup, backup, backup. Don't don't you know don't back up anything you don't care or at least whatever you back whatever you don't back up, you don't care enough to have mm-hmm. in the future. So. Um, yeah, talk about talk about Lucky Backup and why this one kind of grabbed your attention. Okay, um, well, first of all, uh, there's there's a uh, there's a protocol called rsync in the open uh, in the open source world in in the Linux world, and uh, rsync literally is kind of like remote synchronization. So you you synchronize this file system over here with that file system over there, and uh, to put it as simply as possible, it's like uh, you can say rsync this and we'll call it a drive you know uh, to, to use your example to the drive that you've got there rsync this drive to that drive and what it will do is it will copy all the files over the first time but the second time it will just copy over the files that have changed okay so so if what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a mirror which is i think what you're trying to do with having that second drive in your pc right rsync will instead of just instead of copying the whole drive rsync will just copy what's changed so if you go you know, and uh, and I'm just going to use letters, you know, and, and, you know, or slash drive one slash drive two. So if you go rsync space slash drive one space slash drive two, everything in drive one is going to get copied to drive two exactly as it is in drive one. And if you do it again and you've only changed one file, it's just going to copy one file over. So rsync is really, really cool that way. Rsync also has a flag called uh, a flag. You can put hyphen hyphen delete. And what will happen then is because right now, all that happens is if I change a file, it gets changed over here. But if I delete a file on this side, it's not going to delete the file on the second side. Okay, right. so if what I'm trying to do is create a mirror of my drive, basically, either on a NAS or on a separate drive or on a separate file system, for that matter. Um, if I want it to be exact, I'm going to put that hyphen hyphen delete. And if I delete a file on this side, it's going to delete the file on that side. And that's great. Uh, because then I really have an honest-to-God mirror of my drive at that point. And if you are actually using two physical drive in your PC, then conceivably you could just swap them if disaster strikes from one to the other, right? Right. Uh, so now, what Lucky Backup is, is rsync, okay? And rsync can be scripted so that it runs on a, at scheduled time, so you don't actually have to sit there and type it. It'll run at scheduled time so that you don't have to worry about it, you know, whether it's two times a day or three times a day or just once at midnight or whatever. It it just backs up the files that haven't changed. Lucky Backup is a graphical version of all that. There are lots of things that I could throw onto the command line uh, using rsync to, to tell it to, for instance, ignore a particular folder or only take these particular folders and uh, you know and back those up um so there are a lot of there are a lot of additional things and of course i might want to timestamp them as well i might want to have backups that change like once a week or something like that with something like lucky backup you've got this nice graphical environment you don't have to remember any of that stuff and um and it it takes care of all of it you know it, once you've set it up you can also create a schedule again you know point and click you know i want monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday i don't really care about saturday or sunday because i'm not working and i want that backup to happen at these particular times and uh and in fact in lucky backup you can create as many what they call projects as you want and i think i've got a screenshot in the um in the show notes there yeah yeah so you can create uh excuse me you can oh sorry they call them tasks as opposed to projects i'm looking at my screenshot here they call them tasks so you can create tasks as many as you want 
to back up, you know, uh, like for instance, at different times, like, so that let's say that there is a folder where you're, you know, if you're a writer, for instance, like me, and you're continually making changes, you might want that folder that has, you know, your writing backed up on more of a regular basis, like every 10, you know, um, instead of once a day, you know, 10 times a day, whatever it might happen to be. So, uh, or like a friend of mine does every 10 minutes. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, and it, and it, I, I mean, it, it's a weird thing, but um, I think it really replicates one of my favorite features of uh, of Google Docs, which you know kind of updates really almost as you type. It kind of saves it, you know, continuously. And I think having it update yes. every ten minutes, especially if you uh, and, and like, was it? I've heard those stories of like uh, uh, doctoral students who are doing their you know their their thesis. And they have one copy, they save it, and it gets deleted for some reason. The power goes out or it gets, the file gets corrupt and they lose, you know, months worth of research and, yeah, and, and yeah. progress. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, the, those kinds of little backups are going to save you a lot of headaches. So I really like that, though. You know, like uh, individual files, that's, uh, man, that's really cool. Well, the the other thing that's kind of neat, too, is, um, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, Google or you can actually in this specify uh, a network drive. And like I said, I, ha I actually have a um, uh, it's hidden back here somewhere. I can't actually show it to you on camera, unfortunately, but I have two uh, NASs. I have a Buffalo NAS, which was the first one that I got, which has two terabytes on it. Mm -hmm. And I have a four terabyte. Um, uh, uh, what's what's the big drive company? Ah, Seagate. Uh, uh, let's see. There's Seagate. There's Seagate. Kingston. Yeah. No, I think it's Seagate. It's it's the, uh, the 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 my the the my books or whatever they're called. The um, <laughs> anyway, I, I have a four gigabyte one of those, which is actually hanging off of, of my network as well, and that's what I use for doing backups. So I I have those guys, but I also back up to Google Drive as well. So um, so I have like multiple sources that I do backups to, and and honestly, I actually use Lucky Backup. I use rsync files. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I have used Lucky Backup for quite a long time. I create tasks on the fly. Uh, the example that I use in there obviously uh, you know doesn't show off my real stuff, <clears throat> but um, but uh, it's it's a lovely product. It's it's actually our sync will do it all for you. Okay, right. but if you don't want to have to learn the ins and outs and scripting and so forth, great product. Uh, highly recommended. Available for Linux. All the distributions have it. Uh, in their repositories, or you can go to the Lucky Backup uh, site on SourceForge and download a copy. Yeah, there you go. And, and there's a link to that in the show notes. And I will say that that's one thing that I, that even I rely on once in a while. Uh, this is the fact that, you know, some people just create software to do little things. Like, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the one thing for everyone. But if you find yourself in that need, like I use a, a FREAC, which is a, which is a video to audio converter. And it's just one guy oh, yes. with ah. one project and, you know, it suits my needs super well. And it's like, this you know, is this just is the beauty. Be just because one person made it, okay, it does, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. No, no. You know? oh, I mean, no. you, can, oh, no. you can have a spectacular product created by a single individual that everybody relies on. And, and we forget that. We forget the power of, you know, the individual. And again, this is one of those great open source things, you know. Um, not only do we all share in it, but but the individual matters, right? They, they do, and hey, I have a couple of programs that I couldn't do the show here without without uh, you know just those small individual companies. So, yeah, I, I will say that's great. Uh, we have just enough time if you want to. I I was uh, you know kind of get into some of these just uh, distribution focuses and just you know kind of breeze right through them just so people yeah, aren't confused. Know yeah well i'll I'll walk you through it actually i'm I'm gonna almost ignore the first one because uh, I, I was gonna point out that uh, and of course, I'm actually trying to go to the site now and I, I, it, it isn't coming up for me, which actually makes me wonder, hmm, it was coming up because I actually downloaded it a few days ago. so so it was working fine, but it's offline at the moment gnusense uh, or gnusense.org, org. Um, I found this one interesting only because it's based on Debian, but they've gone out of their way to make sure that uh, proprietary drivers aren't there, proprietary codecs aren't there. So it's kind of a weird idea. I, uh, it works. It works fine. Uh, it's a Debian-based desktop, but this, this reliance on you know only open source in this case means that it may not be suitable for absolutely everyone else. But if you want to see 
if you want to see the state of something that exists that is you know strictly based on what you can get open without anything else uh that might be something to take a look at but but the other thing too and this might the other the other thing that i want to look at which might be fun which which we should which would be great fun to close in on okay sure. is this whole notion you said you said one guy now i don't know if this is what this next one is one guy or whether it's a group of people but it also um, it, it also introduced me to a concept. Somebody told me about this, and then I went and Googled it. I I I, I'm, I confess I didn't know that that this existed, but we won't define it. But we will we will leave it for the uh, for the listeners and the viewers to go and Google it themselves. Bronies. <laughs> I've heard them. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, somebody asked, or somebody uh, when I was when I was showing this off said, "Oh, this would be a great operating system for bronies." And then I, I had to go and check this out. So, uh, so it's 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 a uh, it's an interesting subgroup that I was not aware of. But uh, I'll let people go and check that one out for themselves. But we're going to wrap up today on a free and open source operating system which uses a lot of GNU tools, a lot of open source tools, and apparently they spun their own kernel. Okay. Um, one of the things we forget when I when I do this, when we have this conversation, is that you know we talk about Linux distributions because right. they are collections of open source software that have that use the Linux kernel basically as as the brain, as the heart that drives the hardware that 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 talks to all the programs that basically makes everything work and talk to each other. That's what that's what the kernel is, and we forget that that's actually you know what's at the heart of it. And people have created other kernels, like for instance, uh, the uh, Free Software Foundation or the GNU Foundation, I should say, has worked for years uh, to create something called Herd, H-U-R-D, as an alternative yeah. to Linux. Needless to say, it hasn't caught on. Okay, but this 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 next uh, operating system is called Pony OS, P-O-N-Y OS. Makes perfect sense if you see the <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> it really does. And it's based on My Little Pony, My Little Pony, you know, My Little Pony, the TV show, the cartoon show. Mm -hmm. And it's like a pony themed operating system. They wrote their own kernel. They or he or she or whoever the mad person is behind this wrote their own kernel for this operating system. And they even have a package manager so that you can actually install other games. Like the screenshot shows Doom. Remember Doom? The, yeah. the, the, the original, the OG. Yes, Doom, yeah. of course. <laughs> The original very, very, Doom very nice, Doom. very nice, just uh, very nice juxtaposition between Doom, which is a very bloody horror first-person shooter, with uh, My Little Pony and uh, you know cartoon cartoon equine <laughs> flying everywhere. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's I don't know. There, there's there's something both wonderful and insane about it at the same time, <laughs> and and um, and it actually works and works quite well. Um, I'm well, you not actually sure installed I, it. You, did you install it or did you just watch I the video? I actually installed it. Uh, I, you know what I should do? Mm -hmm. I should, I should, I should run it. I should do like a five minute video of it, mm -hmm. put it up on YouTube and see if maybe you can, you know, post posthumously attach it to the show notes or maybe for next time or something like that, but give it a little tour of, uh, of pony OS. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's strangely wonderful and insane all at the same time. Um, and again, I, I, there's no way, there's no way that I could possibly recommend this as your daily driver, right. as your operating system to run things on. But, um, but it just shows what you can do if you have access to, you know, to, to lots of cool open source software and, uh, and you have time to kill. <laughs> you know what? I think right there, we're going to start some music so that we can, uh, so we can wrap up the show. But I will say that, uh, Marcel, if you, do, if you do that, you are going to open yourself up to an entirely new audience. So, hey, you know, maybe that's worth doing. So, uh, yeah. So with these last minute here, I'll let you go ahead and uh, say if people want to find out more about you, your musings, your writings, where can they go? Oh, uh, you can go to cookingwithlinux.com uh, is one place. Uh, although, if you go to uh, if you go to www.youtube.com slash freethinker at large, all one word, F-R-E-E-T-H-I-N-K-E-R-A-T-L-E-R-G-E, -E -E, uh, you can find my videos, my Cooking with Linux uh, videos, and uh, some of my gaming videos as well, because, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a gamer as well. And uh, that's available on YouTube. Or if you want to find me on Twitter and you want to find out what sorts of... Uh, 
bring droppings, as uh, George Carlin once referred to them, uh, wind, up, wind up in my stream. You can go to twitter.com slash WFTL. And uh, let's let's face it, I'm all over the place. I, 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 I do stuff for Linux Journal. Uh, I'm doing stuff for LPI, the Linux Professional Institute, which is a, uh, a, a certification and training organization for uh, Linux professionals. Um, I'm all over the place. So, um, so again, uh, but you know, if you go to youtube.com slash freethinker at large or twitter.com slash WFTL, uh, that's probably a good place to pick up on what I'm doing. Very, very cool. And again, links to that in the show notes. Uh, glad that you are keeping yourself busy when you're not on vacation. And uh, thank you for doing the show here with us today. So uh, until next month, Marcel, thank you so much and uh, catch you then. All right. You take care out there. All right. All right. Have a great one. And everyone else out there, thank you for tuning in to Computer America. Been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, be sure to catch us next time. And cheers, everyone. Computer America signing off. Bye, everyone. <laughs>